0: I'm just wondering, I'm going to be spontaneous. Can I ask all the fathers to please stand? Would all the fathers please stand up, young or old? Can I just say a prayer for you guys? Let's pray together, everyone. Lord, bless these fathers. Uh, Lord, help us, Lord, to raise our children in your ways, Lord God. And, and bless us, Lord God, as we, um, as we just long to, to shape our families for your purposes and for your kingdom. I just pray a blessing upon the fathers today here, Lord God, and ask that you would just continue to guard them and guide them all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Please be see you. I don't want to just talk about um, parenting or raising children for Christ this morning, because I realize that it doesn't affect all of us here. We're not all parents. But it gives us a great place to start from. Um, any of us who are parents remember when we held our little ones in our arms for the first time and we thought to ourselves, who is this person going to become? What are they going to accomplish? and how do I raise this little one? To bless the Lord, to be a godly man or woman. I can remember holding Caleb, my firstborn. I love saying that. My firstborn. I can remember uh, holding Caleb in my arms and thinking to myself, wow, you know, who? I I remember thinking two things. The first thing I thought was, so this is what I looked like when I was 25 years younger. (laughs) And the other thing I thought was, anything at this moment is possible for this little one. As I hold him in my arms, anything is possible. This boy could become anyone. He could do anything. What's it going to be, I wonder? And with that, he seemed to get a little heavier as the responsibility of that um, settled on my shoulders. And what a wonderful responsibility it is. And I remember Kate and I, we had to make a decision. How are we going to raise this child? Are we going to raise this child our way, or are we going to raise this child God's way? And I'm thinking all those things in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where God said to Moses, Moses, tell the people, when they raise their children, they need to impress upon them who I am. Teach them who I am. Speak about me as you go here and there and as you sit and and remember to give them signs and remembrances of who I am and what I have done. So those are the things kind of going through our minds. And we we knew we had a choice. We need to raise this child God's way. And Kate and I, we'd made decisions like that in the past. You know, when we got married, we wanted to we wanted to raise our child, or sorry, we wanted to have a marriage that was godly. And so, you know, these are decisions that we need to make. But we've also made hard decisions, decisions that weren't easy to make. You may have noticed that there's a bit of an age gap between Caleb and Matthew of about four plus years. And many of you know this, and, and many of you don't, and that is that Kate and I had a daughter about two and a half years after Caleb was born. And there's a picture of her, I think, just about to come up. That, was our, that is our daughter, Anna, Anna Elizabeth. She is a beautiful blonde. She would have driven us nuts when she was a teenager. I have no doubts about it. (laughs) Giving me nothing but worry. And the reason why I bring Anna up to you is because Kate and I aren't afraid to talk about her. We don't talk about her a lot because it's kind of awkward to come up to someone and say, can I tell you about my daughter who passed away? That causes a, um, a hard conversation at times. But we are happy to talk about her and her birthday would be coming up next Sunday. And so please come and ask us. I'm not going to go into all the details of what happened. I don't want this to turn into a big Kleenex fest right now. Um, But we are happy to speak about her. But I bring her up because Anna was about two weeks away from her due date when it was very apparent that something was wrong and we had to have an emergency C-section. And within the space of a few hours, our entire lives have been turned upside down. And we never got to hold Anna that often. She had to be in the incubator. But the few times that we did get to hold her, I wasn't asking those questions. Who is she going to become? What is she going to accomplish? And how do I get to help shape that? Instead, I, instead, we were asking why. I'm sorry, this has turned into a bit of a Kleenex fest. Forgive me, guys. <laughs> um, but the question was why? Why did this happen? Why did this have to happen to her? Why did this have to happen to us? Anna was with us for about six days, and she passed away. And I remember sitting at her graveside a few weeks later, and I remember thinking, at this moment, at this very moment, I am standing at a crossroads, and I have a decision to make. I can choose to be angry, because we were angry. (laughs) I said a lot of things to God I never thought I would say. We were angry towards God. We were bitter. And I can choose at this moment to remain angry and bitter and push God away and not have anything to do with him. Who knows at what expense to my relationship with Kate and to my relationship with my young son, Caleb. Or I can choose to hold on to God at this moment in the midst of the anger and in the midst of the pain. I can choose to hold on to him and walk with him through this. That was not an easy decision to make. But in time we were able to make that decision. And I praise God for that. And in time, it became less about why and more about what has God done for us in this time. It became more about how is God going to use this to bless others who perhaps have gone through this? How is God going to use this to bless this family? Where is God going to take this family? And a few years later, he answered us with Matthew. And so we give praise to him. You can take the picture down now. Thanks. The truth is, we all have decisions to make. They say, you know they, they say that we make up to about 5,000 decisions in a day, voluntarily and involuntarily. That's a lot of decisions to make. When you walk into a Starbucks, you have an opportunity to make one of many decisions. And Phoebe and Bethany, you're not allowed to say how many it is, you might know. Do you know how many possible drink combinations there are at Starbucks? Any guesses? 1,700? Anybody beat that? Two billion? The answer is 87,000. 87,000 possible drink combinations at Starbucks. And that information is about three years old. So there could be less. My guess is there's many more. We all have the opportunity to make many, many decisions and we all come to a point in our lives where we come and we stand at a crossroads and we realize there may be a very big decision that we have to make. We come to these defining moments in our lives where we realize we have to make a decision that's going to shape us, change us, and possibly change the people around us. There are many different ways that this could happen. Perhaps a man and a woman spend some time together and they realize they like each other. Perhaps they realize they like like each other. (laughs) Maybe they realize they love each other and suddenly there's a question there. Are we talking about marriage? What a huge decision. Or perhaps someone has just graduated high school or university, we have a couple people in this room that have done that very thing, congratulations. And now all of a sudden there's a decision ahead of you. What does this piece of paper mean? (laughs) What can I do with this? and you're at a crossroads, or perhaps you're just stuck in the routine. You're living the same old life, day after day, same old job, same routine. Things feel stagnant, and you think, what can I do to change this? Do I need to change this? Isn't there more than this? And you're at a crossroads. There's a decision to be made. And the question that lies before us is, as disciples, will we choose to put God first in our decision? Will we choose Christ as we stand at the crossroads? There are many examples in the Bible of people who decided to choose God, and there are many examples in the Bible of people who chose not to choose God. One person I want to look at in the Old Testament, he was not perfect, just like anybody else in the Old Testament, but he had a passion for God. He had such faith for Christ, or not for Christ at that point, but for God. And he made a decision in his life. And, and the way that he made that decision, the statement that he made, is one that we're familiar with. We have talked about it. We have sung about it. And I want to look at that today. So please, if you have a Bible, open to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Oh, you already gave it away. That's okay. Open up to the book of Joshua, the very last chapter, chapter 24. Now, Joshua led an amazing life. He was born in Egypt. He was a Hebrew slave, amongst all the others. And he would have been a part of the exodus. So he would have seen firsthand the plagues that that changed Pharaoh's mind and told Moses, take your people and go. And he would have been a part of that exodus. And he would have crossed the Red Sea on dry land. And he would have seen the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that led the Israelites through the desert. He would have seen the manna falling from heaven, the water coming from the rock. He did many amazing things. And because of this, there was this faith in God that grew within him. And that faith in time saved his life. You see, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land of Canaan to check it out. And 10 out of 12 of those spies, a lot of us know the story, 10 out of 12 spies came back and they said, it's a beautiful land, but there are these big giants there, there's no way that we can conquer it. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, have you guys not seen what God has done? Of course we can take the land. And because of that, they were allowed to live. The rest of that generation died in the desert, but they were allowed to go into the Promised Land. Not even Moses made it into the Promised Land. Joshua became Moses' successor, and he was instrumental in leading the Israelites into the, into the Promised Land. He was used by God to take the land. The land was occupied by many godless people and they had to take that land and he was instrumental in that and near the end of his life he was responsible for allotting the land to all the different um clans and tribes but at the end of his life he did something really wonderful at the end of his life he made a decision you see joshua looked back he looked back all the way to egypt To when he was enslaved there. He looked back further than that, before they were in Egypt. He looked back all the way to the the first patriarch of the faith, Abraham. And then Joshua looks back even further and he sees his ancestors and he realizes they worshipped different gods. They did not know the one true God. And you can tell that Joshua's looking towards the future and he's thinking, what do I want to see for my family? And my family's family. What do I want them to know? Who do I want them to choose? And Joshua says to his people, what did he say? He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then he gives his people an ultimatum. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your your forefathers worshipped beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. I like how he throws that in there. He says, don't you remember the Amorites? They worshipped these gods and we defeated them. It wasn't their land. It was the Israelites' land. Remember? God set it aside for them. It's like he's reminding him, if you want to worship that god, you go right ahead. You've seen where it takes them. And then, of course, the line we all know. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's something we've sung many times. In fact, the song is getting a little bit tired, I think. But the thing is, is when we sing that chorus, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, I love that. I always think of of my wife and my kids. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua had seen what happens when you choose other gods, and he wants to see what happens when they choose the Lord and where that will take them. A few weeks ago, I met with a friend of mine who's kind of nearing his, I wouldn't say twilight years, I'd say his pre-evening years. You guys know the term pre-evening? It's like the before dusk, it's like five to six, it's pre-evening. Um, retirement isn't knocking on his door, but he can hear retirement coming up the steps, okay? Anyways, I was sitting there chatting with him and asking him, how are things going? And he said, oh, I tell you, Daniel, I have made such life-changing decisions recently. I said, oh, tell me about it. Well, I've changed my diet, and I'm sticking to it. I've changed my diet for the better. Um, My wife and I, we are cycling as much as we can, and we're really trying hard to get in shape. I thought, oh, that's that's great. What, What spurred all this on? And he said, Daniel, As we get older, we want to be used by God. And as long as we are on this earth, we know that God has a plan for us. And we want to be in the best possible shape that we can be to be used by God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Talk about living a life of worship. Those decisions were commendable decisions. Many of us make those, and that's great. But it wasn't so that he could retire and and play more golf or whatever the case may be. It was so that he could be used by God. He's thinking of his children and his children's children, and he's thinking of their future, and he's thinking of those around him that could be affected by that. Here is a man who is choosing Christ at the crossroads. And so this morning, as we sit here, and we're all in different places, young and old and parents and children and students and singles. and We're all in different places right now. And I would ask you, what crossroads are you standing at? What crossroads are you coming to? And sometimes they sneak up on us. Sometimes we didn't expect those crossroads to come, extreme situations and whatnot. Those are hard times to make a decision. But some of us, we're on a road where we can see that we're coming up to a crossroad. What are we going to choose? In that time, can we make a decision for Christ? Can we put him first in that decision? Can we choose Christ at the crossroads? Because here's the thing. When we do that, we have a chance to change how things were going. Like Joshua, we can look back and see, perhaps maybe we weren't living a life quite as much for God as we could have been. Perhaps we weren't raised in such a way that God was put first. And you look at your family or you look at your children and you think to yourself, what do I want to see from this day forward? How can I see that happening if I choose God? And so there's a chance. There's a chance to, to end what was happening and to begin something new. And that's a wonderful thing. That's exciting. And so whatever stage you may be in, whatever crossroad you may be coming to, may you choose Christ May you put God first in that decision. We have just seen four families come up here. Wasn't that wonderful? And to have them publicly declare, yes, we will raise our children for Christ. It actually had very little to do with the children, but they're a lot cuter on the screen than the parents are, right? So so it's wonderful to do that. But that was about the parents. And so let's thank God for that. And may you be encouraged in that. And may you decide that in those times. Let's pray as the worship team comes up. Heavenly Father, we give thanks, Lord God, for your direction. Lord God, we give thanks for your hand upon us that protects us and guides us. Lord God, may we trust in you when we come to those times in our lives, those defining times where we need to make a decision. Lord, may we choose you. May we as families and as a body of Christ say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in your mighty name. Amen.